Reynolds to the That's Ball Folks podcast. I'm your host, Josh Reynolds. This is season three, episode one. We are back. Happy New Year. We're going to be talking about the things to be thankful for this year. Obviously, dive into the Sixers. Talk about everything. Maxi, Nick Nurse, Embiid. Uh, we're going to talk about the OG Ananobi trade to New York and what that looks like for both the Raptors and the Knicks. Talk about the Pistons and how they avenge the process Sixers. Uh, we'll talk about some technology and the LeBron controversy with his foot on the line. Something that just is the easiest fix in the world, but nobody wants to do it. Uh, John Morant returning back and how that's good for the game of basketball. And Caitlin Clark, how absolutely unbelievable she is. Anyway, how's everybody doing? Hope you all had a fantastic holiday break. A very Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, a Happy New Year, just Happy Holiday Season. Always nice to spend time with the family, and uh, we're back. We're hitting the ground running. Like I said, 2024. Let's start from the top. Things to be thankful for in the year of our Lord. And let's start with Tyrese Maxey. Obviously, there are many things to be thankful for, but how about let's start with what he did against Houston just a couple games ago. On the road, no Embiid, drops 42, four boards, four dimes. He continues to display this ridiculous touch around the rim and this finishing ability that, honestly, he didn't really have last year. I mean, he's always kind of had it, but he's just really putting it to use this year, and it's unbelievable. The leap that he has made is just delightful. I've said it a million times, not just an all-star this year, he is an all-star starter. And that's not just me with my Sixers hat on. That's not me being a homer. That's not a homer take. Tyrese Halliburton and Tyrese Maxey should be the Eastern Conference starting guards. Fact. Period. Done. Dame, you're doing great things. That's awesome. But sorry, you're not starting this year. How about Nick Nurse? To talk about that Houston game, how about him rolling the dice with Pat Bev and Marcus Morris down the stretch to close it out? And it worked. I tweeted it out. That wasn't Nick Nurse's best coach game by a long stretch. But how refreshing is it to have a coach who will do things out of the ordinary? Because Lord knows we haven't had that in Philadelphia the last while. He can call on different players, push different buttons, and they actually respond to it. I love it. How about last night? Teaching Tyrese Maxey how to play the refs a little bit. Comes out really aggressive against the Bulls. Bumps Caruso. They call him for foul. He goes up to the ref and says, hey. This is what they do to me all game. I'm just doing, I'm just going to play the same defense. And guess what? It worked. I like that. That is a veteran move. And that is what Nick Nurse is helping bring to this team. Also talking about last night, if the Sixers went up 25 in the first quarter last season, I would have literally bet my life that it would be a tie game by the third quarter. <laughs> That's like for real. And that doesn't happen under Nick Nurse. It is so nice. I am so thankful. What a treat. How about Kelly Oubre Jr.? I sound like a broken record, but he is perfect for this team. He is also so incredibly likable. Him and my guy Braden just giving back to the community. For those who didn't see it, uh, my buddy Braden, he goes to majority of home Sixers games. He always goes down right when they open up the door, right by the tunnel after players warm up, gets some autographs. He's got a bunch of jerseys, gets them all signed. He thought, hey, it would be pretty cool to bring an extra Kelly Oubre Jr. jersey. He talks to Kelly and says, hey, man, it's my birthday. Uh, you've signed jerseys for me before. I thought it'd be cool if you signed this jersey and you gave it to a random fan. 
Ubre was blown away. Thought it was the coolest thing ever. Tells him that he'll never forget him. Goes, signs it, takes it to a fan, comes back to him, tells him he'll never forget him, gives him a pair of shoes, and now they're boys. They did it again last night. Just extremely cool, man. You know how you just get vibes from people? Kelly Oubre just throws out the best vibes. Just a good dude. I don't think it's very realistic, but man, oh man, I hope that the Sixers can find a way to re-sign that dude. Love him. And last but not least, Joel Embiid's health. What a trust tremendous thing to be thankful for this holiday season and this year. He was back in action last night against the Bulls, dominating like he has been. A triple-double in three quarters. The best scorer in our generation, as Kelly Oubre Jr. said post-game. It was his 15th straight 30-point, 10-rebound game. You want to hear the last five players to do that? Embiid now, James Harden in the 18-19 season, Kobe Bryant in the 2002-2003 season, Kareem in the 71-72 season, and Wilt in the 63-64 season. My goodness gracious. Just effortless. Doing whatever he wants on the court. And look, it is the regular season. I get that. But is what he's doing being overshadowed by his lack of uh, playoff success? And is that fair? I love, again, I talk about it every single episode. I love J.J. Reddick's podcast, Old Man in the Three. I love what J.J. had to say about this. And I'm not even going to quote him. I'm just going to plug the audio. So here you go. Listen to what Reddick has to say about this. I feel like some of the conversation we're falling into the same trap that we had around Giannis in 19 and 20 and around Jokic in 22 and 23, which is like ignoring the greatness and just saying, until he wins, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Is that fair? Is that doing... Is that doing basketball a disservice, much less Joel Embiid? I, first of all, I, I agree that I think he's making us numb to it a little bit. Right? And that's not necessarily doing him a favor in the national conversation about what he's doing right now. To put it in perspective, in the month of December right now, the guy's averaging 40, 13, and 6 in 33 minutes. Right? <laughs> and here's the thing. I personally thought, I know how great he is, but I thought I'd seen the best he can be. Like he's done it for how many years? He's kind of at that age. There's no uptick from what we've seen. He's just going to be that good for a while until at some point, you know, he slows down or injuries get him or something down the road, like several years down the road. I didn't see this another step for him to take. And he's significantly better than he has been the last couple of years when he's, you know, right there in the, in the race for MVP coming down the stretch of the season. It's a very short list of guys. He's been that much better because it's that easy for him right now. The combination of, of power and touch don't really make a lot of sense. It's, it's, it defies what I know about biomechanics yeah. for a guy to be that powerful, that big, and, and have that kind of touch and finesse. So, yeah, it's off the charts insane what he's doing right now. And it's like we are kind of like numb to these numbers because he doesn't have that thing at the end that Giannis eventually got, that Jokic got. And now I think Embiid is going to be part of that narrative. It's great, man. It's great. Big numbers. Yeah, we've seen it before. Hasn't won. 
And a lot of people don't necessarily think they can this year because you've got two teams in the East that most people think are better. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. That that conversation is very similar to what we heard about Giannis and Jokic. First off, Tim Legler is the best, and I could listen to these two talk about basketball for forever. But I love what they said, and they're exactly right. This was the conversation about Giannis before he won. This was the conversation about Jokic before he won. The only difference is that they both won. Again, I get that. I understand. But at the same time, I love what Legler said about Embiid taking another step and that nobody saw it coming. It's unbelievable. And honestly, this kind of leads right into what uh, Doc Rivers said talking to Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. Um, I don't disagree with them. Now, this clip, basically, it was Doc Rivers who said, hey, Joel's the best scorer, but Jokic is the best overall player. And look, I don't disagree with them. I got crushed on Twitter when I said that. Until Joel can do something in the postseason, I think it's fair to say Jokic is the best player. Uh, look, Embiid's my favorite player, and I'll go to battle until the end of the earth for him. But Jokic has that title. He'll always kind of just be up on that upper echelon until Embiid can prove it. But it is funny seeing Joel Embiid just 30-something games into a new season with a brand-new coach literally improve his game in every possible way. It turns out that coaching really matters. And it was pretty rich hearing that come from Doc Rivers, uh, who honestly, turns out, kind of held him back. But again, going back to what Legler said, we didn't even know Embiid had another level to get to. We didn't. And it's unbelievable. Speaking of unbelievable, we talked about that insane stat of, of 15 straight games of 30 and 10. Uh, Bill Simmons podcast. He had something very, very interesting to say about Joel Embiid and what he's doing this season. And uh, I'm going to plug that from his Ringer podcast. Here you go. This Embiid season, though, just quickly. Holy sh**. So he's averaging 35 points a game. I think he's the best offensive center since Kareem in 1972. Kareem in 72, 34.8 points a game, 57% field goal. Embiid is 35 points a game, 55% field goal. Here's the thing. Termini mentioned this last week on the podcast, and this is the most important Embiid point, and this is why he has a case for being the best offensive scoring center that we've seen since Will Chamberlain. He makes his free throws. He's at 89.3% for his free throws this year. He's making 10.3 free throws a game out of 11.6 attempts. Shaq in 2000. Shaq averaged 29.7 points a game in his MVP season in 2000. Embiid was 35 points a game. Shaq was 57% from, from field goals. Embiid's 55. Hmm, what's the difference? Shaq made 5.5 out of 10.4 free throws a game. Embiid makes almost five more free throws a game, which is exactly the difference in their points per game. And on top of it, you can't foul him at the end of games. So I have Shaq, I don't know, he's like 12th or 13th in my Pantheon. At least this version of Embiid right now is just a better player than Shaq. He is. Because Shaq was a 44-minute overpowering guy and in the playoffs against the wrong team, whatever. But those last four minutes, that's when Kobe was so important and you know all that stuff. But uh, Shaq's free throw shooting was an absolute unequivocal liability for them. And Embiid's free throw shooting is a, a legitimate strength for the Sixers. So, Jesus, 35 points a game and shooting almost 90% from three and you're seven foot two. Unbelievable. 
Now, I don't always love what Bill Simmons has to say, especially about the Sixers and about Embiid, but uh, I loved hearing that. And honestly, when he puts in and breaks everything down like that, it's hard not to agree with him. Anyway, I, th- I thought that was very interesting. Uh, another little tidbit about Embiid, and then we'll move on here. Uh, last night, Kendrick Perkins, who, again, for better or for worse, he is a voice and is NBA media, whether we like it or not. Uh, he said on NBA Today that out of any player who's facing the most pressure in 2024, it's Joel Embiid. He said that we need to see a better player of Embiid. We need to see him step it up in the postseason. And again, it's hard to disagree with that. But then again, you go back to what Tim Legler and J.J. Redick said. And it. I just think that we need to appreciate what we're witnessing right now because it truly is unbelievable. And I don't know if we'll ever see this again offensively from a big man. I want to tell you about the easiest way to get some action on the NBA. It's Underdog Fantasy and their Pick'em game. Just pick over or under on your favorite or least favorite player's stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can also pick from Rivals, which pits two players against each other for a head-to-head matchup. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip, Get every pick right and take home some cold, hard cash. Use the code TBF24, that's TBF24, and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Underdog Fantasy, the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Are you a slave to the can? Why don't you grow up and maybe join CEDA, Can Energy Drinkers Anonymous. At Buffed Energy, our energy is literally too powerful for a can. It also includes ingredients that can't sit around in water for months, let alone a day. Our proprietary blend of organic mushrooms combined with nootropics and caffeine will give you the boost you love from energy drinks and the focus you desire when you ask your friends if you can get some Adderall from them. I literally drank one before setting my underdog fantasy lineup tonight for Monday Night Football, and guess who hit two pick'em slips? You're damn right, go birds. Buffed Energy, destroying energy drinks one can at a time. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school That might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Calling all golfers. Do you have a problem three-putting? If you said no, you were either in complete denial or you're just a straight-up liar. 
Jokes aside, and in all reality, who doesn't? It's inevitable. We're all three putters. Well, let me introduce you to a new lifestyle brand for golf that is made for us. The Three Putt Golf Company. Golf gear that meets the average golfer where they are, but looks like a professional brand. The first drop sold out in hours, but more are coming. Keep an eye out for the drop, discounts for That's Ball Folks listeners, giveaways, and more. Three Putt Golf Company. Everybody three putts look good doing it. Are you sick of spending time caring for your lawn? Have you spent too much time mowing it or even just keeping it alive? You tired of wasting resources and money watering it? If you are like me, the answer is yes to all of those. You should consider artificial grass. Beehive Turf out of northern Utah will transform your yard into looking beautiful all year round. Check out Beehive Turf on Instagram. Give them a call today for a free quote. Beehive Turf, take the sting out of caring for your lawn. talks about the rest of the league and let's start with the trade that I think caught everybody a little bit off guard with the New York Knicks actually getting aggressive trading for Raptors guard slash forward OG Ananobi RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly headed up north fun homecoming for RJ Barrett the Raptors finally get a build around Scotty Barnes at least that's what it's looking like they're going to do with uh I would be shocked if they don't move Pascal Siakam uh and Honestly, I kind of like this trade for both teams. Do I think right now that this makes both or either team like significantly better immediately? No, absolutely not. Uh, The Knicks, not a contender. They don't scare anybody. But I do think that this aggressive move for sure helps set them up for a Donovan Mitchell pursuit. OG Ananobi with Donovan Mitchell, I really, really like. I think that that is a good pairing. I think putting those two together would make sense. They also didn't even give up draft capital, which is a huge win. I don't know. And then you look at this from Toronto's side, and it's like, okay, OG was going to leave anyway. They clearly weren't going to re-sign him. You get RJ Barrett, a good young guard, and Emmanuel Quickly, who I think will be able to blossom and take a step up. For sure, I think. Could this potentially weirdly unlock RJ Barrett? Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't hold my breath, uh, but it could be fun. I don't know. I like to trade both ways and, uh, with the trade deadline getting closer and closer, I hope that this is just the first domino to fall of many. Let's talk about the Pistons, man. Oh, the Pistons. Be honest. Did you think for a second with their game against Boston that, that went in overtime that maybe the Celtics weren't going to allow them to take the record from the Sixers because I kind of thought that. I really did. They lose 28 straight games before beating the Raptors, who, again, had just decimated the roster, so they were very shorthanded. But it led me to think, and I kind of got in a little debate about this. Is this better or worse than what the Process Sixers did? Now, with the Process Sixers, they made it clear that, hey, we're trying to lose games. Very clear. So many dudes they just roll out who had absolutely no business being in the NBA. Yeah, we had some gems throughout there. TJ McConnell, Robert Covington, obviously some fun names like Isaiah Cannon, Tony Roten. Love all of them. But it was very clear what the Sixers were doing from the beginning. With this Pistons team, they have good... I mean, Kate Cunningham is a good player. The process Sixers didn't have anyone like that. They didn't have anybody close to Kate Cunningham. 
Obviously, they get Bogdanovich back. He hasn't been playing for the entire losing streak. But their roster, top to bottom, is way better than the Process Sixers roster was. So it, it, it's a kind of a fun little debate. I think it's worse. I think the Pistons is way worse. Again, you just take one look at the roster of the Process Sixers and you're like, oh yeah, it makes sense how many games they lost. You look at the, the roster of the Pistons and you're like, wait a minute. They should at least be, I, I don't know. I, I think it's worse. 28 straight, crazy. I hope that that is never beaten just from a strictly basketball standpoint. But my goodness, they are, they are terrible. And they kind of fooled us coming out of the gate. They won a couple games. They fooled us. Anyway, avenge the process Sixers. Kind of love to see that. Let's talk about this technology thing with the LeBron James deal. Now, this is something I've thought about for a while. For those who don't know, LeBron James puts up a three uh, to tie it up, but then they review it and they say, wait, your foot's on the line. If you look at the video, it is like, oh, wow, that is outrageously close. You can't tell. I see an argument for both ways. But it makes me think about this. Why the hell doesn't every major sport use the technology that is put in place? It works in tennis. It works perfectly in tennis. There's a questionable shot. You challenge it. It gives you the most accurate result that you could ever hope for in a matter of seconds. Soccer. Somebody's offsides. You challenge it. You get the most accurate replay of what happened in seconds. Why doesn't basketball have that with out of bounds and the three-point line? Why doesn't the NFL have that with every first down, touchdown, sideline catch? Why doesn't the NHL have it with offsides or goals? Why doesn't the MLB have it with the strike zone? It makes way too much sense to use it. It's literally right there. We know it works. Where does this hesitancy come from? With the LeBron shot, again, you really couldn't tell. Uh, again, for the record, I can see both arguments. I, LeBron was pointing at the replay on the TV like, dude, look. It was so close. But, like, want to know what would help with that is this technology. And it's sitting right there. And it won't be used. And it doesn't make sense why. And it really bothers me. Use it. Use the damn technology. It's 2024. All right. Let's talk about Ja Morant. we just got a couple more segments left. Ja being back is good for basketball, period. We got to talk about this, though. In one of his returns against the Pelicans, he has an alley-oop for Marcus Smart uh, to close out the game. He does a dance where he's like shooting guns. People lose their minds. Everybody's crushing him for the dance he did. For what it's worth, it's a New Orleans dance. He posted some LSU football players doing the exact same dance earlier this year. He even commented on it and said, you got to use your hips a little bit. He did the same thing beating the Pelicans who are in New Orleans, a little jab at them in the, the state. People lost their minds. Look, I didn't know it was a dance. I didn't know that that was actual dance when he did it. I found out afterwards. But all these accounts just absolutely crushing him. And then these same exact accounts, when Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers busted out the other night, and they're saying, oh, he's just having fun. Barstool said that, actually. And I love that John Morant just responded with a laughing face to them. For what it's worth, I think it's a stupid dance, period. With Jaw's history, of course he has to know that, hey, people are probably going to have some questions about this. You got to think of that. But I do think that nobody knew it was actual dance. But now people are doing it left and right. You, If you look at just, you watch SportsCenter one night, especially with bowl games going on, everybody and their dog is doing it. Everybody's doing this dance. 
again, I think it's stupid. But what's even more stupid is the same people who are crushing John Morant, but not anybody else for doing it. I, I, again, keep that same energy. But again, Jaw, come on, bro. <laughs> what are you, come, come on, man. You know better. You got to know better. Let's end with this. And it, honestly, it might be my favorite thing to end with. While I'm recording this, it happened. And I just, I'm blown away every single time I see a highlight, every t- single time I watch her play. And that's Caitlin Clark. And this is your friendly reminder that if you're not rocking with girls hoops yet, you need to be. She is must-see television. Anybody who loves basketball, the game of basketball, period, will enjoy Caitlin Clark. Now, I know there are a lot of people who are really hesitant. They don't want to give girls basketball a chance because maybe they have or they saw some highlights. They didn't like what they saw. Caitlin Clark is different. I promise you. If you watch her play, you will not think the same that you have about girls basketball. She is unbelievable. Hits a game winner from 40 feet from the logo. Step back against Michigan State at the buzzer. There just is ne- There's never been a more exciting time to watch girls hoops than right now. She's amazing. She finishes with 40 points, 5 assists, 3 steals, hit 8 threes. She's a freak. She's a freak, period. It has nothing to do with girls or guys basketball. It's basketball. I went on a similar rant when Sabrina uh, Ionescu beat the three-point record. If you enjoy basketball, you enjoy that. Shooting display. And that is what Caitlin Clark does. She is unbelievable. I've got some nieces who are going out to actually see her when she plays at Rutgers like four days from now. And I am so unbelievably jealous that they're going. I, I Again, she's must-watch TV. She is amazing, single-handedly changing the way that a lot of people are viewing women's basketball for the better. Women's sports, man. Good. 2024. It's about damn time. That's all I got. Again, I hope you all have a fantastic new year. I hope that 2024 is the year for all of us. Uh, Fun little update. Fantasy football. I made a nice run, and I lost in the championship. (laughs) My buddy Badge beat me and beat me pretty damn good. He had one of those... You get hot at the right time, you know? His team, you look at the roster, and it kind of is funny, but they all showed up. Scored like 160 points. They beat me like 160 to 95. So props to you, Badge. I have now gone to the finals two straight years, and I can't win. But that's fine. Uh, We're not even going to talk about the birds because they're just sad, and everybody who's listening to this will just be sad. So uh, I don't know. Just sad. (laughs) We're keeping the vibes high. Anyway, I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. I am thrilled to be bringing you even more episodes and content than ever this year. Again, 2024 is going to be a great year. Love you all. Have a great week.